Welcome to China Tech Talk, the almost weekly discussion of technology and startups here in China. I am John Artman, editor in chief of TechNode.com, joined as always by Matthew Brennan, founder of China Channel. So this week we sat down with、uh, Ted Hopkins live from TechCrunch Shenzhen. So、uh, tech, Ted is the head of innovation and、uh, omni-channel retail. At、uh, Walmart,、um, and so you know we've we've talked a little bit about、um, you know kind of from the outside about a lot of the new retail things that have been going on.、Uh, we've talked about mini programs and kind of how WeChat is being used to、um, to sell and to engage with、uh, with customers here in China.、Um, but it was always kind of you know from 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 the outside, so、uh, service providers, for example, marketers, and and things like that.、Um, but But this time we actually got to sit down with someone who not only is using a lot of the things that we've talked about on this podcast,、uh, but using them to great success as well.、Um, so Walmart's、uh, Scan and Go here in here in China has been、uh, very successful for them,、uh, and so we get a chance to figure out. We get a chance to hear from Ted directly about their thinking behind it,、uh, as well as why it's been it's been so successful and kind of what they're looking at in terms of technology to improve the the shopping experience、um, here in China. And 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 I have to say that at least for me, one of the biggest things is of course with the Scan and Go mini program that you don't. Actually, need to stand in line, which is which is I think you know solving probably the biggest problem that、uh, that people have in China. Before we get into it, a quick word about Technode and our newsletters. If you are not subscribed to our newsletters, make sure that you do subscribe as soon as possible because you are missing out on a plethora of information that is delivered straight to your inbox every single day. That includes a curated summary of technology news in China, including news from us, as well as a curated summary of significant. Uh, fundings in China.、And、to subscribe, you can go to technode.com/newsletters. So, without further ado, here's Ted Hopkins. Um, so, so Ted, one of the first questions that we like to ask、um, all of our guests、um, is,、uh, "What's your China story?" So, you know, tell us how you came to China and and how you got to do what you're doing now. Sure thing.、Uh, so the short, short version is、uh, back in 2006. I was looking to live abroad.、Uh, I I wasn't prescient. I didn't realize that that China would be、uh, the number two economy in the world at the time. And、uh, when I was thinking about places to live,、uh, it was the largest country in the world, and I knew very little about it. So I hopped on a plane and came out.、Uh, spent a few years、uh, teaching and, and traveling、uh, prior to doing my international MBA. Uh, pursued the international MBA through the Moore School of Business in the U.S. with a focus on China,、uh, which obviously brought me back out here. And、uh, out of the MBA, I was hired by the Home Depot、uh, in China, which at that time I think we had thirteen、uh, thirteen big boxes.、Um, and、uh, At Home Depot,、uh, I was asked to take a look at a digital strategy to support the physical retail footprint. Worked on that for a little bit. The Home Depot ultimately went wheels up,、uh, so I went from the Home Depot to a company that we we spun our business off to Bear Paint, which is another American company.、Uh, at Bear, I was asked to,、uh, of course, continue managing the the e-commerce business, but then、uh, we pursued a digital-first marketing strategy. So that's where I got into. Social media,、uh, digital marketing, programmatics,、uh, etc.、Uh, 
and probably took uh, uh, my first steps in O to O. Uh, we set up a, a digital Sorry, recruitment to, closer. yeah, a digital recruitment to uh, uh, offline sales uh, program. And from there, um, uh, I uh, uh, just kept on going uh, and ultimately wound up with my current job at, at Walmart. Uh, so at Walmart now, I've moved through a couple of different roles. I started off, uh, I was actually hired by Ihao Dian. Okay. Uh, Ihao Dian, which, uh, and then two months, this is pretty funny, two months after I was picked up by Ihao Dian, we sold Ihao Dian to Jingdong uh, for a stake in, or for a position in Jingdong. Uh, and then I was tasked to set up the Sam's Club, which is a Walmart company, the Sam's Club on Jingdong. Uh, um, after setting up Sam's Club, basically I've been moving from, from program to program, uh, continuing to build out not just the Sam's Club digital ecosystem, but the what's now the a Walmart digital ecosystem inside WeChat. That's where I am today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, have this, I think that's why we had uh, Ted at our conference earlier this year. Um, so for the listeners who aren't so familiar with, I think everyone's heard of Walmart, obviously, but what's, what's Walmart doing in China? What's the uh, position of the company here? Uh, where are you guys at in number of stores, uh, revenue, or whatever metrics you, you can you can uh, share with us? Uh, so Walmart Walmart was an early mover on China. Walmart's been in China since 1996 uh, when it opened its first hyper in Shenzhen. Uh, we're still headquartered in Shenzhen today. We have 400 plus uh, 400 plus hypers, uh, and uh, we're uh, testing a few other offline retail formats. Um, I'd say Walmart. Interestingly, um, it's well, Walmart's actually always been an innovator, uh, but and and this may be tied to a later question, but it's something that I I try to t- try to bring up whenever people ask about Walmart and its history. Um, much much of Walmart's innovation is has been behind the scenes inside the offline offline business. Um, so, um, where. Walmart in a company as a company in China uh, has been uh, a leader, especially among other international retailers. Uh, is uh, we were uh, one of the early movers here. We were one of the first international retailers, one of the first companies in China uh, to centralize our supply chain and our logistics. Uh, we expanded rapidly, uh, our footprint uh, fairly rapidly in the country. Uh, and then we were also in 2011 uh, an early mover uh, in digital with our investment in Nihao Dian. Uh, the initial investment was a pairing of uh, Walmart's international logistics uh, and Nihao Dian's uh, front-end e-commerce. Uh, at that time, Nihao Dian was the number three player. Uh, we then upped that investment uh, to 51%, taking a controlling stake of the company. And I believe 2015, uh, Walmart outright bought Yihao Dian. Uh, and then the following year, just after I joined, as I mentioned, uh, it was flipped over to JD, and we took a 9% stake in, in JD. I mean, so, I mean, what do you, what do you think it is? I mean, because, like, you know, in as you were saying, Walmart, I mean, I think they've uh, been an innovator in terms of uh, uh, business models, in in, in particular um, organizational uh, structures and things like that. You know, Walmart's used a lot in case studies and in business schools and things. But like for 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 Walmart, but why why China and, and why do you why do you think it why do you think they came here so early? Uh, scale, uh, scope and scale. It's it was it is a tremendous economy. Uh, it was. Uh, I think Walmart is 
has been operating in a number of international markets uh, for for years. So it just made sense to to dip our toes in the water at the time. And also, I mean, you know, so so just kind of kind of breezing over this kind of kind of a little bit quickly because I think it's a topic that I I, I, I didn't know that I was interested in until I I, I was talking with someone from uh, Tesco a couple of years ago. So like just just really quickly, like what's the difference you would say between like Walmart's business in the states and Walmart's business in China? Like before you mentioned like hypermarkets, like you know I I never heard of a hypermarket until I came to China. So maybe just briefly kind of explain that. I, I think operationally there there are more similarities than than differences. Um, the what's I'd actually reference uh, Doug McMillan, our CEO, when when he was out here for one of his frequent trips to to uh, this part of the world. Uh, I think it was about two trips ago. He remarked that during his first, I, he's probably been out here more than fifteen times. Um, I don't know exactly how many times, but um, he remarked that. Probably, uh, it's actually up until this year, uh, he said that it was generally operational knowledge that was being transferred from the U.S. to to Walmart operations in China. But this year uh, was the first time that he's starting to see uh, elements of indigenously developed uh, um, operations in China uh, and ideas being being transferred back over to the States. Yeah, interesting. Um, so... In, in China, we've got Walmart. You guys are aligned with and, and invested in JD, and you're also working with, with Tencent as well. Um, you know, how does these partnerships work together? What are the people, the different people involved, bring into the table? And, and you know, broadly, how does this alliance work in your mind? Yeah. Uh, broadly, then, uh, the upper, Walmart, with Walmart, you have the world's most sophisticated uh, global logistics and supply chain network. You have a best-in-class uh, physical retail store operator. Uh, as I just mentioned, you had uh, Walmart being the first, one of the first, if not the first company to centralize its DC to store supply chain, uh, where the Jingdong connection makes a lot of sense. As Jingdong, uh, at the time that we announced the partnership, is China's most sophisticated last-mile uh, operator. So uh, that's just connecting the dots. Um, it gave Walmart a face to uh, a, to customers that we didn't readily have access to via Jingdong's third-party platform, and then it allowed us to take the inventory that we have uh, from our stores, deliver it to customers uh, next day through Jingdong or within an hour through Jingdong Daoja. Uh, so you actually, it's actually a the you have Walmart. Jingdong and New Dada, um, which is Dada is a crowdsourced uh, delivery, one-hour delivery uh, uh, provider. Right, Daojia and Dada are numbers, right? Right, uh, and so, uh, so you really just have greater efficiency um, across all of the businesses as they're operating together. Tencent uh, is is something a little bit different, uh, and it's something that's unique uh in the in the scope of what walmart's doing globally uh tencent you have the 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 simple version is you have an app that's on everybody's telephone with integrated form of payment and a configurable a potentially configurable front end in the mini program Uh, so that's kind of a no-brainer so now we can go straight to the conversation if possible or we can at least engage with with our customers where they are in wechat uh, and then get our products to them or get 
the product get them the products that they're asking for as quickly as possible yeah and so i guess that's kind of like the next the next thing that we wanted to look at was was specifically wechat and so walmart was one of the first uh adopters of of wechat mini programs uh now you guys have the the scan the scan and go uh functionality to explain a little bit about your thinking behind going into mini programs and what do you what do you think that they're able to to offer uh for you for yourself and and, and for your your customers uh, this has actually been a fun journey, and we're still sort of in the middle of the journey. So, um, uh, initially, it was it was a question of where is the conversation happening, uh, and that was social media. Um, we started looking at WeChat in general right around the time many programs were first emerging. So, when many programs popped up, uh, it was just sort of a, a light bulb. Hey, what can we what can we do there? What can we play around with there? Um, you guys must have been on WeChat before then, right? Yeah. Sure. A service yeah. account. Yeah, Walmart's, yeah, our Gong Zhong Hao, our service account, um, is, was, it's one of the largest service accounts uh, uh, in China. I think now, today, we have more than 20 million followers uh, for our Walmart service account. Sam's Club service account uh, is in the millions as well. Uh, Sam's Club, even though Sam's only has, I think, 18 to 20 stores, uh, we still have, we have more followers to our service account than we do members to Sam's Club. I remember, I remember when Sam's Club first came to China. I was working at China Radio International and so a lot of uh, a lot of all my colleagues were, were Chinese and they were super super pumped like oh my god I can buy like kilograms of nuts now. <laughs> so it's, it's I'm, I'm less familiar with Sam's Club like for me that'd be like a um, Mai Long, right uh, Metro similar similar concept right buying in bulk Costco you know Costco Costco, oh, Costco okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, um, sure. So you, uh, you let's let's continue. So you uh, many programs are coming out. You guys were uh, you sort of left it off there, right? Like that you're excited about this new concept. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we basically what we did with with Walmart and Scan and Go. Uh, Scan and Go actually kicked off inside Sam, Sam's Club in the U.S. Uh, we had a a an efficient and functional. Uh, user experience uh, that we then built, rebuilt from the ground up uh, in China, inside inside WeChat. Uh, the reasons being the aforementioned, you don't have to download the app, you don't have the uh, friction of setting up a new form of payment. Um, the first store, in the first store that we tested, uh, where we tested Scan and Go, uh, we saw surprisingly uh, Surprisingly good results. So I think. Yeah. Sure, sure. Scan and Go is it's it's a it's a mini program or in the states it's an app that allows you you basically scan the QR codes or the barcodes sorry barcodes in our case uh, of products while you shop. Uh, then you execute your payment inside the mini program. You flash a QR code at a digital monitor uh, as you exit the store, uh, and then you're out. So it's a way of cutting the line. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, it was a it, it's it was conceived as a as a way to eliminate a friction point. Nobody likes waiting in line. Uh, and what we found uh, here in China is, uh, um, it, it, I, how do I say this? It was like absolutely nobody wants to wait in line more so than in the U.S. In the U.S., you had uh, we we saw reasonable adoption uh, in China with our first test store. Uh, I think on our first day. We, we saw more than 15% of our customers just shift over from one line to another, uh, which is tremendous. Uh, 
and so then we dug our heels in, worked on the physical user experience, aligned that with the digital user experience, iterated, 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 uh, until we felt like we had a winning product. Uh, and then we started scaling in April, uh, scaled from 10 stores to 400 stores in a period of five months. And then in September, Ebrun ranked us as the number one uh, physical retail mini program in China. Um, so that I'd say that that's actually a combination of, of the, the design and the work that went into UX UI, but uh, the credit really should go to our, our retail operations, our central operations team for being able to take a concept from 10 stores and then pushing it across the system so quickly. It's pretty impressive. Uh, just out of interest, so the, you know, maybe it's because I'm from London where there's lots of uh, shoplifting going on, <laughs> but like, you know, how, how, how do you see that uh, people are honest? Because uh, you know, you're expecting the customer to essentially like, they have to show a QR code at the end, but it could even just a genuine misunderstanding of forgetting to scan an item that they, maybe their child has put in or something like that. How, how do you resolve those issues? And are they issues at all? Um, in, in general, shrink rates in China are, are not comparable to what we see in other markets, um, meaning much, much, much lower, uh, uh, near negligible. Uh, Why do you think that is? Uh, the culture, the, I, it's, um, honestly, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just know that they're much lower. But despite despite the, the shrink rates being much lower, we did plan for it. We did budget for it uh, with the expectation that we would bump into, for example, uh, instances of people forgetting to, to scan or, or just not really being familiar with how the product, uh, digital product work, the experience works. Uh, and uh, we took an opposite approach to some of the other markets. We, rather than setting a very, very low threshold for the number of people that we would uh, check, um, in order to maximize the the uh, operational efficiency for for the business, we decided to step our way down, uh, and we learned a lot. Uh, we caught what most of the time it's people just forgetting to scan something or scanning one out of four items and having only clicked accidentally, you know, three uh, or, or it's just it's just common. It's just yeah, basic yeah. mistakes. Yeah. It's honest mistakes, and you can you can track that. We're able to actually see all of that because uh, most of the customers who uh, have made a mistake actually fix the mistake and complete the purchase. We would be worried, for example, if you see a high rate of individuals who just drop the basket at the front door and say, you know, oops, it's a mistake, but I actually don't want to buy anything. Uh, what we see is we see customers who say, oops, I forgot to buy it, and then we complete the purchase, and then... Everybody moves on. So, I mean, I'm curious, I mean, because like, so, <clears throat> I mean, is, I mean, can you talk about demographics maybe? Like, is there a certain demographic of user that, that uses this type of like the scan and go product or do you find that it's pretty, pretty wide adoption? The, the demographics for adoption are, are quite similar to what we see for our basic store customer, our basic hyper, hyper customer. So what, what is that? Uh, we're, we're skewed more. T- our, our primary customer is a, is a woman uh, in her mid 30s. Uh, uh, mother, uh, there there is a slight, excuse I'd, I'd say slightly younger as you would expect, uh, and uh, interestingly it skews more male uh, than the Scan and Go program, but it's still predominantly the it's it's a, a mother, uh, a female, uh, and uh, and 
the I'd say one other notice, one other thing we notice is the the basket, the, the type of shopping that that occurs. Uh, these are these are quicker trips. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so like in terms of so you so you have Scan and Go back in the states and other markets, and then you have Scan and Go in China. Is that right? Yeah. So, so like, I mean, what about like differences in user behavior? I mean, because you said that you had to iterate, iterate, iterate on the UI and the UX. Can you just talk a little bit about some of the differences between what you might find in like the U.S. version versus the Chinese version? Uh, well, actually, Walmart in the U.S. Uh, sunsetted Scan and Go uh, due uh, to, uh, I'd say, some friction around adopting the mini program onboarding payment. Um, just some things that were unique to to pushing digital engagement uh, in the U.S. versus China. Um, but And so so I can't make a direct comparison. Scan & Go is still used by Sam's Club uh, in the U.S., but the experience, um, well, the experience that I've seen, uh, the last time I probably took a look at it was a few months back, so it hadn't changed much since, since we had adopted it um, over here. What I can say, though, is, is Scan & Go We've actually moved past calling it Scan and Go inside Walmart. Uh, it's now just the Walmart Mini program. So, it's Scan and Go plus digital vouchers, um, plus a, a platform for hosting omni-channel events. We uh, held the it's the Walmart 88 Omni-Channel Festival. Uh, it's August 8th. Uh, we held that this year, and inside Scan and Go, we allowed our we pulled our customers over to a page that. Uh, displayed to them uh, savings in our offline stores as well as uh, traffic points to take them to the other Walmart mini programs uh, and the Jingdong Walmart universe. Uh, so that was our first truly omni-channel event. And then we recreated that event uh, with some minor changes for Singles Day. Uh, so uh, you've got digital vouchers, you have an omni-channel traffic platform, uh, you have uh, in-store uh, an in-store experience, and we're testing and, and playing around with a whole lot of other ideas right now. Yeah, so you, you, you did put one stat out there, like when you launched it, you had 15% automatically shift over. You know, Have you seen that the adoption rates have, because often uh, I think the cynical people would say, yeah, well, you, when you launch something, people like, you know, especially Chinese, they, they like novelties and people like to try things out that are, are different and new. But have you seen that engagement and adoption of, of that uh, purchase um, channel is, uh, has stayed has increased over time or is it you know roughly uh, you know if you I, I, if you can give any kind of numbers or, or indication of like you know what's the adoption rate uh, in our in our best performing store uh, engagement ex has exceeded 35 percent uh, the adoption rate has has increased uh, significantly from from that number uh, from from the fifteen percent from that first day in the test store. So Actually, just a short term spike. It wasn't a short term spike. Yeah, okay. I, honestly, with one thing you can you can be sure of with it if it's Walmart is if it's not working, it's there. You know, it'll get killed. So <laughs> just you just we tested it, we tried it. It didn't work. We move on. But this is something that's actually really worked for us. And so um, we've been making sure that we invest time and resources into improving uh, and strengthening the scan and go experience. But what's interesting is I'd say we flipped uh, our view on how we look at the mini program. Uh, so rather than just supporting scan and go, the mini program supports self-checkout. Uh, we're looking for other friction points uh, in the store uh, where we can come up with a digital engagement, which might uh, somehow or other reduce that friction. Um, I'd say you can break it into two categories. 
uh, features that uh, drive engagement uh, and features that uh, can uh, help uh, that offer more convenience or can influence behavior. Uh, so uh, Scan and Go is an obvious way to drive engagement with our customers and reduce friction. Uh, the e-vouchers, digital vouchers, uh, uh, that's a way for me to uh, present savings to you uh, in a fashion that uh, is increasingly personalized uh, and will then allow you to hopefully get more out of your experience at Walmart. And uh, like from the back end perspective, okay, so we talked about the customer experience in the store. It's more convenient. Okay, it kind of works. Using an app doesn't really work, but a mini program makes sense. Um, but from from your perspective of like um, this change in behavior from like 15% moan up to like 30, you know, nearly a third of customers using this channel instead of others, what benefit does it give you in terms of data and, uh, you know, uh, profiling your customers and like what can you actually do with that? Um, well, what I'd say, what the what the digital just call it let's call it a, a digital customer engagement layer. Um, uh, that what what this layer allows us to do is it allows us to hopefully lightly uh, provide you with opportunities to engage uh, in areas that you have a natural affinity for. So, for example, uh, you might be uh, predominantly offline shopper uh, with Walmart, uh, but uh, if, for example, we were to release a, a, a delivery service uh, to support uh, home delivery through the mini program, uh, then we might be able to provide you the same convenience that we provide you in the store for products that, uh, that you'd like to buy online instead. Uh, and then uh, if, John, you're a uh, predominantly online shopper, uh, then the same sort of thing could apply. Maybe what, I, what we find is we find that uh, there are products that people want to uh, still uh, head down to the store to see and touch and feel. Yeah. Uh, and so while you may primarily buy things online, uh, you may find that Walmart is an easier, more convenient place to shop just because our in-store experience is actually uh, lighter uh, and lower touch, but then gives you that exposure to the products. And then we would try to provide uh, any and all of the services in between. Uh, so that eventually you just sort of settle into whatever behavior suits your 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 needs at any given time, uh, and then as you grow and change, we'll be there with various services across the board uh, to grow and change with you. But I'd say it's less of a push and more of a it's just a platform. You know, it's we're just there. Right. So I'm curious. I mean, like, so so I mean, official account, subscription account, mini program. I mean, like, so how do you how do you see the differences between all of these, and how do you use them differently? Are they integrated at all? I mean, can they can they can they follow a customer in a sense, or is it or is it like very separate kind of things? Yeah, um, if you're shopping with us on Scan and Go, uh, we'll send you you'll you'll receive a receipt of your order uh, or a thank you through the uh, Gongzhong Health through the service account. Uh, so the if you want to communicate with us, um, we're not there yet, but if you want to communicate with us you would chat with us through a service account. Um, the, the mini programs are, like I say, there to reduce friction in the store or uh, get what you want to you uh, when you're not in the store. Yeah, I guess the coupons would be through the service account, like the personalized coupons right. a little bit as well, right? Let me just show you. I, don't, I can't show you. Yeah. 
Ah, it's a podcast, but yeah, yeah. No, okay. But uh, the coupons are actually all, they're all in the mini program. Um, cool. So we we we've covered Scan and Go, uh, which seems to have been a big success for you guys. Um, what else? Are, you know, what what projects are you working on right now? What are you excited about in terms of like bringing technology to the Walmart ex- and Sam Club Sam's Club experience? Uh, so it's not all directly customer facing. Uh, we've uh, we've been testing and deploying uh, other technologies that are that are more associate facing or, or operations related um, in a number of stores. Um, so one ex- so let's take image recognition. Um, how can you apply image recognition to store operations? Uh, well, if you have a camera in a cooler or in a on a on shelving that allows uh, that, that can track when an item is taken off or put back on the shelf, uh, then we can maintain more efficient in stocks. Meaning we we can keep we can maintain the the modular integrity. Uh, make sure that the that the shelves are assorted as they're planned to be assorted uh, and we have products in stock uh, in the right place at the right time all the time. Uh, so we're just tracking things. We're tracking the actual physical products as they come and go uh, off the shelf. Um, the, uh, say in, tracking the customers as they move around the store as well? Uh, not right now. Um, I'd, I think in the U.S. they just deployed something with a, with a shopping cart. Um, but, uh, but, the the key focus operationally is 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 right now uh, observing and making sure products are maintained. You could you could use that same technology, for example, to observe how somebody stops in front of a shelf, uh, picks up a product at their their dwell time. Right. You can you can essentially analyze the individual. You can probably pull male or female, uh, but analyze whether or not that product or the way that product is presented um, is is being done in an efficient and effective manner. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's just um, it, it's 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 so interesting. Like the amount of data, like how much we how much more we understand about behavior uh, and and consumption than, than 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 we ever did. I mean, like so. Of course, you know, for for Technode, we we collect a lot of data about um, about our about our uh, our visitors, um, and it's always kind of this. There's this really interesting kind of. Um, uh, tension between like as a, as a business we want as much data as possible but then like as an individual we're like oh crap like <laughs> you know all these companies have so much data data on us um, so it's 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 super super interesting to see like you know how, how that is that's actually working but um, but one of the things that I, I wanted to ask about was um, because we're talking a little bit about like new 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 uh, technologies and things you know Walmart has been one of the one of the first like really big corporations to start using blockchain uh, and I'm so you know like I think earlier this year in China you guys launched like a pork tracking blockchain uh, supply chain kind of kind of system so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about blockchain in particular and how you, how you guys how you guys see it and what do you what do you what do you plan on doing with it well, to be totally honest, uh, my my main focus has been customer facing digital. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but I I do know that that Walmart in China and in the U.S. Uh, is investigating more and more ways to bring blockchain into the system. And, uh, the the customer facing piece of that is allowing a, allowing you to see uh, is traceability. Um, I honestly the, the the what's what's been interesting to me about this whole journey. Um, is with Walmart 
really all we're doing is making operations and 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 work that had been put in before more transparent to the customer blockchain just is just telling the customer the item actually went down the path that walmart said it it, it took um so um in the future it'll enhance trust uh but uh, and I'm sure that fundamentally in some areas it'll Im- improve and enhance uh, efficiencies uh, up and down the supply chain. But it's it's really just saying in a different way, we're doing what we're doing. Um, yeah, because you're doing the blockchain yeah. stage yeah. tomorrow, John. Yeah, so. um, how about artificial intelligence? You know, How is that affecting your business right now? How are you thinking about that? Um, I think the the U.S. is a little bit further ahead of uh, where we are in China uh, on that one. But in China, uh, we're we're playing around with machine learning, uh, and that's on the customer facing side again, uh, driving personalization, and that should move very rapidly uh, into into AI. Um, it's funny every time I scan and go now we were just talking about that it feels so old <laughs> it's five months ago uh, and so yeah, whenever I, get it so that when they open the scan and go it's totally personalized yeah well we we've we've already pushed started pushing personalized vouchers uh, digital vouchers through scan and go uh, and uh, I, so the speed that all this happens is is, is, is amazing even to me um, but it makes it fun but um, uh, AI again it's it's it there are there are applications that are customer facing. There are applications that are back end. Think about the the way that the store is assorted. Uh, if you were to combine, uh, if you were to heat map physically heat map a store to understand how customers travel throughout that store, and uh, you were to I were to take uh, the profile of the customer who I said is our primary shopper, and we would want and we decided we wanted to optimize the store further to suit her needs, uh, then we would likely. Uh, take an uh, anonymized uh, set of data associated with customers that fit that profile, uh, try to understand how they move through the store, and then we would take something like AI to uh, determine exactly how, when, and where we're going to put products uh, to ensure that we're serving that customer as best as we possibly can. What about, what about chatbots and things like that? I mean, like chatbots yep. used to be big. They, they feel like they kind of, the hype's kind of died down a little bit. So, is, are we talking about the Gartner hype cycle or the life cycle, or is it the? <laughs> uh, no, chatbots. Chatbots are still integral to to any online sales platform. Uh, Where you, I would, I think that you, one would expect to see that more in a in a pure digital platform uh, than you might see it in store. But that doesn't mean it, you won't see it in the store. Um, the areas that we're talking about right now and the areas that we're playing around with uh, are again you know things like you know locating an item uh, that's that's a pain point uh, if you're not a frequent shopper you got to figure out how to get to the item uh, is the best way to do it to type in the name of the item and search for it uh, and then have us route you to the item or is it just to speak into your phone and then have the item pop up um, pulling in uh, VoIP and uh, any other technology to, to speed along that process uh, is going to be tied to it. And then chatbots would certainly be uh, part of that conversation, whether it's typed or it's it's spoken. Yeah. Okay. Um, getting towards the end of, of things, I've got uh, two questions Well, on, on different topics. One is uh, uh, a side thing, but an interesting thing. Like earlier this year, there was this big hoo-ha about... Um, Walmart in Southwest China, 
right? Uh, for, the, for our listeners who don't know, uh, in Chinese media, everyone was saying that Walmart was forcing people to use only WeChat Pay, and the, it was like you had to. Uh, and then there was you know speculation that lots of retailers would follow this lead, and we lead to a situation where. Um, you know, it was retailers were divided by which payment uh, cha- uh, method they were they were promoting. Um, so, how much? You know, what what really happened here? Um, it's 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 funny when you're on the inside looking out, and then you hear what it sounds like on the outside from the outside looking in. Um, so you have different forms of payment that are competing. So it's you know Union Pay, Alipay, WeChat Pay. Uh, Apple Pay, uh, Qingdong Pay. Uh, so everybody out there is, is competing and in, in incentivizing uh, companies uh, as a part of that competition. Um, I think what you saw was just a combination of Walmart experimenting with a new partner in Tencent uh, and what you might naturally expect to see in a market where there is competition like that. So. Is that, does that make sense or was that too Yeah, accurate? it makes sense to me, but I think our listeners might be a little bit like a thing, but fine. Uh. So like, well, also the, the question there is also, I mean, so a, a question there is also, I mean, like, I mean, so for listeners who don't, haven't been following the story, like how did it end up? And was it, was it only, was it only like a regional, was it only like a regional thing? It was, yeah, uh, it was regional uh, in the Southwest. I think it's still ongoing. Uh but if you were to use Scan and Go, for example, here in Shenzhen, uh, you're presented with the as payment options, uh, WeChat, the Walmart gift card, uh, and then there's another button for uh, Inlian uh, for China Union Pay. Uh, and if you choose Alipay, I'm sorry, Alipay of course is in there too. So if you choose Alipay or Union Pay, uh, you rather than paying in phone, uh, you uh, the 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 Digital monitor uh, scans a QR code on your phone, and you're checking out through your normal normal payment uh, normal payment app. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. And a final question for me is like a very very broad one. Like, where do you see um, the shopping experience and technology? What What are you excited about in the next couple of years? Where are things going? You know, what we should what should we be paying attention to? Um, I, that's the question. So my whole team is here today. Um, I don't. I think I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys in the chat, but uh, we decided to do some of our next year planning uh, and com- and have some of the, our next year planning conversations here because uh, we wanted to be around, you know, new ideas and, and new thinking. Smart people. And honestly, I okay. I don't want to. I, I don't. My, I can see one year to 18 months out. Uh, so if, if you were to say five years from now, that's a really hard, hard question to answer. We've had a number of conversations in our team uh, when we're talking about how to position ourselves, how to talk about ourselves, and, you know, where is Walmart five years from now? A lot of people ask that question. It's a really hard question to answer. Um, things that I'm excited about... Uh, voice technology, augmented reality, um, uh, AI. Uh, AI is such a broad conversation when it comes to a company that's as, 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 as large as Walmart. That's 
a difficult one to, to really drill into. There's a, there's a, every major company has, is, think about all of the, all of the partnerships that Walmart has kicked off in just the last few years um, and the amount of data that's flowed into the business. Um, there's, there's just a tremendous amount that we can do. Uh, so um, I think that within the next year, uh, everyone should expect to see uh, a lot of fun changes to the in-store experience, uh, a lot of which is driven uh, through WeChat. Um, and, uh, but then there'll be a lot of changes uh, to the in-store experience that you may not see uh, that are happening, just making things making the products arrive to you in a more efficient and seamless fashion. Um, and then you'll also see a, a, a cleaner bridge between the store and your home. Uh, the, the, the general objective is just to make the entire Walmart retail experience, wherever that may be and however you define it, uh, more, more accessible. Sorry, I was just thinking. And so, like, looking kind of like broader, broader picture, then because you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different uh, retail. Me. There's there's a lot of different retail companies out there these days. Uh, there's a lot of different grocery stores and, and and things like that. So I mean, like you know, so everyone's kind of everyone into some degree is competing to be in your home, um, or to or to make sure that there is some some brand some brand loyalty. And so one of the ways you can do that is is through some of these digital things. But I mean, like. But 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 how but how do you make sure that people keep coming back? Is it only the discounts? Is it only the personalization? What else? What else is there? Um, that's another question that I've, I've kind of been. So f for me, for for Walmart or for where we're where we're positioning ourselves, I think it's going to be around around convenience uh, and quality. So the quality is there. Uh, our customers trust us, uh, and they know that uh, know that. Uh, our quality and our pricing is is best in the market. Um, so when you have that, it's it's simply about making access to that more convenient for the customer. Um, I, I I I kind of consider the word personalization or the way that personalization is used. It's um, it, it's almost intrusive. It's I'm giving you something that's personalized to you. But a lot of times, the stuff that I get is is not necessarily relevant to me. Um, so, what I think that we'd like to work towards is something that, as I said earlier, it's uh, these are experiences where you you should have an affinity uh, for that experience. But uh, I don't think that we would want to throw that in your faces. If if you're not shopping with us because you think it's more convenient, then we need to change how we're engaging with you. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So yeah. Just, um, just you know, as a way to kind of, kind of finish off, um, if people want to find you on online, where, where should they go to do that? Uh, LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn profile, Ted Hopkins. If they're looking to reach out, that's the easiest thing. Uh, I don't have a Twitter handle. Uh, I've got a WeChat ID, <laughs> but uh, I think LinkedIn is probably the easiest thing. And that's about all the time we have for this episode of China Tech Talk. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a review on iTunes, or you can go to Overcast or Pocket Cast and tap on that star button, and it will recommend this episode to your network. Also, we are on Shimalaya and 
Spotify, so you can find us there if you haven't already. And also a quick reminder, Technode, we do uh, several newsletters every single day, including a curated summary of technology news in China, including some of the stuff from us, and a thrice-weekly newsletter looking at significant fundings over the last couple of days. You can go to technode.com slash newsletters to subscribe. Thank you.